Hello and welcome to our latest Sustainability Perspectives podcast, where we get the take of major industry players on various current sustainability topics and challenges. Today, we're looking at flexible packaging and adhesives, and we're getting HP Fuller's perspective. We'll be discussing industry demands on flexible packaging and adhesives around sustainability and beyond, and we'll be exploring emerging trends such as compostability, recyclability, and monomaterials. We'll also take a look at what developments to expect in 2023. With me today is Justine Handlen, who is Global Marketing Manager for Flexible Materials at HP Fuller. So, um, yeah, welcome, Justine. Great to have you on the podcast today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, maybe to start us off, could you briefly introduce yourself and tell us a bit more about the the work you do at HP Fuller? Yes, of course. Um, As you mentioned, my name is Justine Hanlon, Global Strategic Marketing Manager for Flexible Materials. That includes flexible packaging, tape and label, multi-wall bag, and roll paper and tips. Uh, I spend a lot of my time working on market analysis and helping understand trends that shape adhesive development at HB Fuller, as well as looking at sustainability needs for the segments that I cover. Great. Yeah, that work should give you um, great insights. So I'm looking forward to to hear more in the course of our conversation. I was wondering, flexible packaging obviously offers a lot of functionality, as we're all aware, but it also faces some sustainability challenges. What would you say are some of the key advantages of flexible packaging and also in turn some of the challenges that the industry may, might expect in terms of the different kinds of uh, materials and substrates? Yeah, so for me, some of the biggest things that flexible packaging brings to the table is that it's lightweight and that it has protective properties with the smallest amount of material. So the product to package ratio is really low. Uh, Also, it increases shelf life and it does have a sustainability aspect to it. I know that can be kind of controversial to say because a lot of flexible packaging materials use plastics. But if you look at uh, the shelf life piece, as well as um, decreasing the amount of trucks on the road, uh, there's definitely a place for flexible packaging within sustainability. Now, I would say that sustainability is the double-edged sword for flexible packaging because it is definitely an area that uh, it needs to be improved upon and is also one of the issues with flexible packaging. So some of those issues, uh, of course, include the ability to recycle or compost um, Flexible packaging in some cases is definitely over engineered for the product type. So I think that there needs to be a deep understanding of the end use application for flexible packaging to make sense. Uh, There's lots of different ways that we can package goods. And so not everything needs to be in a flex pack pouch, but not everything needs to be in a paper bag or something or a glass jar. Yes, it's um, it's a very important point. We need to look at these um, applications a lot more, uh, a lot more closely. And it's great to see that um, companies are working on this a bit more. And obviously, there have been many trends emerging in the flexible packaging space. And um, from your perspective, which are the key trends that you have observed in um, in your area of expertise? Sure. Yeah. On a macro level, I think there's uh, quite a few interesting trends. Uh, I'm seeing things such as light weighting. So that's uh, removing packaging weight within a package. So, for example, for flex pack going down to a lighter weight substrate using uh, less or lighter gauge materials. 
there's also a move towards high gloss or really beautiful graphics, um, high detail. Also seeing some packages that, you know, funny enough are low gloss that are trying to mimic the feel and look of paper. Um, other trends include things such as right sizing, uh, which is another form of portion control or individual on the go materials. So people that struggle with portion control or um, sometimes the elderly prefer to have smaller packaging sizes and smaller available uh, goods in small small packages for ease of use. Um, there's also a rise in products being placed in filmic materials for all the sustainability challenges that we're seeing within the market space. Uh, it is still the largest growing market space globally and still seeing a lot of products move from say a can or from glass into a filmic pouch. On a smaller level, um, I'd say, well, a large level is, of course, sustainability. And on that smaller sustainability level, it's things like composting, uh, biocontent, recyclability, to just name a few of the different things that we're seeing in the sustainability space. And uh, I'd like to zoom in here a little bit more on these sustainability trends. And um, to start with, I'd like to talk a bit more about compostability. Um, how can this be achieved and um, what sort of products is it suitable for? Um, first of all, there's a lot of misinformation about composting. Um, composting, in my mind, really needs to be uh, taken apart from biodegradability, which anything on a long enough time frame is biodegradable. Um, the cell phone in your hand, given a long enough time frame, will eventually break down into components. But composting is a very specific standard that needs to be acknowledged as such. It utilizes third-party testing. Um, in Europe, it's, of course, TUV or TUV. Um, and in North America, it's BPI. There's other certification bodies around the world that really monitor that and uh, utilize third-party testing to make sure that they're getting a clear result. Um, so just a, a quick pitch on that, that there is, of course, four components to the composting that I think is really important to know and is part of what makes it so challenging. The chemical tests or heavy metals, biodegradability, um, disintegrating, uh, disintegration and ecotoxicity. So I think it's really important to, to separate that compostability from biodegradation. And I hear a lot of the I use I hear a lot of the time that compostability is being used when really they mean biodegradation. Um, I think it's also an important trend that a lot of packaging is moving towards. If you're going to be compostable, the whole structure needs to be compostable. That means the individual parts as well as the filmic structures. So it used to be people would get around the compostable rule by using the 5% rule, which allows for inks, um, coatings and adhesives, but there's being a much bigger crackdown on that I'm seeing. Um, as opposed to the type of products that should be used um, in compostable packaging, for me, it makes sense for messy fill goods. That's the way we think about when we're doing testing for adhesives for, for filmic structures. Uh, I'm sure there can be an argument for other items, but for us, it's definitely things uh, of a priority that are are messy. So, um, you know, a lot of times it's single serve items that you wouldn't naturally rinse out and want to recycle. So something like mayonnaise or ketchup or other condiment type packaging. Um, so anything that really fits that good of of, you know, squeezable liquidy, messy, that's not likely to be cleaned out. 
And um, yeah, obviously you mentioned before um, that recyclability is another key topic. And um, I was wondering how do FlexPack Odysseus perform when it comes to chemical and mechanical recycling? Yes, it's a great question. Uh, I just wanted to touch on what you said before, but um, I think a really key part of sustainability is making sure that um, like you said, right sizing and making sure the things fit correctly. So um, really understanding the end use products. Um, and so with recyclability, with chemical mechanical recycling for flex pack adhesives, I would say we've done a lot of testing. And of course, with chemical recycling, when you're breaking down into those individual components, you can basically throw a package in and not have a whole lot of worry about what the adhesive is going to do. I'd say mechanical recycling is a little bit tougher. Uh, we've done a lot of testing and development work around mechanical recycling to make sure that our adhesives don't interfere with the process. And I think that's one of the key learnings that we've had over the years is that it's sometimes a development means not interfering as opposed to making something better or making something worse. So um, our whole plan around recyclability is to make sure that in both chemical and mechanical recycling that our adhesives don't interfere or in fact can improve recycling. Very important points definitely. Building on that um, recyclability topic what would you say what role can a move to monomaterials play when it comes to enabling different players to meet their sustainability goals? Yeah, I think monomaterials absolutely have a place in sustainability. I mean, it makes sense uh, to have similar materials. So from a mechanical recycling standpoint, you can just put a single pouch through that is all either PP or PET with a chemically similar adhesive in between or chemically similar um, additive or coating. That makes absolute sense to me. Um, so I think the move to monomaterials, depending on the end use product, absolutely makes sense. I think that there needs to be some either watch out or acknowledgement that monomaterial is not going to solve everything. Um, again, I, I think that flex, the flexible packaging industry has, has gotten very lucky and now is facing that there needs to be different solutions for different end use. It used to be very easy to just put everything into a pouch. But now I think we really need to look at the end use products um, and the uh, life cycle of a product to decide what kind of package should be used. Mm, absolutely. It's always good to keep the, the big picture in mind. And um, I understand that um, in your role, you've observed the trend for a rise in filmic materials. And um, what kind of adhesive development and programs enable the recyclability of these materials? Yes, yeah, so there's definitely been a rise uh, in a need for filmic materials. We're seeing an increase in all sorts of different substrates that are being created. That's everything from compostable type films that are fully, fully break down in either a home compost environment or an industrial compost environment um, onto more monomaterial extruded film types that are, are easier to recycle. Um, so I'd say for adhesive developments, we've got a whole bunch of different products that we're working on that 
enable recycling, um, but don't impact it. I would also say um, the programs that we have are making sure that we do a whole education piece with our with our customer base. So we work with our customers to understand what adhesive is going to work for their end use. And then sometimes offer suggestions that that means um, on the technical service side, understanding their needs and then sometimes offering solutions that maybe don't always benefit us in the short term. Hmm. It's good to um, good to take that long term view, isn't it? That's um, it's definitely a great thing. And um, yeah, to um, wrap up this conversation, um, obviously the new year has just um, started. And um, what trends do you anticipate for uh, 2023? Yeah, I anticipate uh, just a, a lot of increase in what we've seen before. I think moving into an inflationary environment, you're going to see a lot of right sizing or packaging sizing that is going to be a little bit smaller, um, a little bit, you know, trying to get more for less, perhaps. Uh, and I also see the big one being a more sophisticated view on sustainability. Um, consumers are becoming more and more educated and demanding more and more information about their products. Uh, we're seeing trade organizations meet that demand by having more education programs, having more resources for understanding sustainability. Uh, but I think as both adhesive suppliers and, and working in the packaging industry, we also need to become more sophisticated. That means understanding life cycle analysis that means you know taking a hard look at some products that don't need to be in plastic packaging maybe doesn't need to be in packaging at all uh, i think consumers with that higher level of education are expecting authenticity and expecting uh truth from their suppliers so i imagine we'll continue on that vein of, of providing truth and education Truth and education. That's um, that's a fantastic note to um, to end this podcast on. So um, yeah, that just leaves me to um, say thank you very much, uh, Justine, for being um, on the podcast today and for for sharing your uh, your insights with us. Oh, well, thank you very much, Elizabeth. It was nice chatting with you. Hmm, likewise, thank you. Thanks very much. And um, for our listeners, obviously, make sure that you subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss out on, um, on any episodes. And obviously, also make sure that you subscribe to PackagingEurope.com to be kept up with um, upcoming events, um, podcast videos and discussion panels. Thank you very much.